The following podcast is produced and syndicated by Influencer Podcast Network. Become a podcast star. Go to InfluencerPodcastNetwork.com. Because dating isn't always great. I'm Amy Helt, and this is the Dating Disasters Podcast. Hi, everyone. I'm Amy, welcoming you back to yet another episode of the Dating Disasters Podcast. If you've listened to some of the episodes, you'll know that sometimes we get into really deep, really complicated stuff. Some of the stuff is just funny, right? It's just like, oh my God, I can't fucking believe that happened. But some of the stuff is sort of, oh my God, I cannot even believe that fucking happened. But each story, whether it's from a guest or it's my own personal story or it happened to one of my friends and they don't want to go on air and talk about it. I mean, who wouldn't want to, right? (laughs) There's always a lesson to be had and there's always a takeaway. And when I wrapped up the last episode, the second part of Dallas disaster, I did really kind of want to drive home the point to take away the lesson from dating. So whatever is happening to you in the dating world, whether it's you know sad or ridiculous or even happy, there are lessons to take away. And each relationship you have, yeah, dumb shit is still going to happen, right? Because we are interacting with other human beings. So we can have our own life in order and under control. That unfortunately does not mean that the other person is going to. And I've been the one who's off the rails. And I've also had dates who have been completely off the rails. And each time something would happen, something weird would happen, I would learn something which would help me avert a larger disaster later. So again, I would like to think I learned the lesson a little bit sooner and and that's cool. But sometimes it does take me a little a little while to kind of, you know, figure shit out, right? And um I talked in a previous episode also about a date I had been on where I had gotten completely tanked on shots of Jaeger poured from the bottle at an outdoor bar where they had whistles here in Las Vegas. Um got tossed out of the piano bar and punched my date in the stomach in the hallway of the hotel. Okay, right. While I'm in lingerie, which, you know, and, and picture more Courtney Love than like an attractive woman in lingerie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was more the scenario. So, uh, unfortunately for me, well, okay, fortunately for me, that was probably the worst it ever got. You know, I, I was very clear in that podcast. I'll be very clear again. Physical assault of any type on any person, whether it was me punching him or him punching me, is completely unacceptable. The fact that I was like out of my mind drunk doesn't is not an excuse ever. That was on me. That was, you know, I, I should not have done that. And I'm grateful that it didn't escalate in some way. 
So I, I just want to put that out there. That is never the solution. We kind of chuckle about it now. I was just with my esthetician the other day. I was telling her how, you know, Jen, every time I talk about dating, you always ask, is that the guy I punched? And I'm like, I don't fucking punch everyone. We kind of laugh about it. The actual act, though, of punching somebody is not funny and it's not okay. So don't do that. And I'm not in any way condoning that. I think for me to do that was despicable and it was embarrassing, right? Um, I laugh at more the circumstances that led up to such a bad decision. But from that, I learned, I, I had a takeaway. I learned my lesson, right? And I am now a huge advocate for when you are dating someone or going on dates and they are not your significant other, they are, you know, you're on a date to kind of curtail your alcohol intake because it makes you make shitty decisions, right? I mean, I've made some really great decisions when I've been drunk, but a lot of them are not so great. And in the light of day, I probably wouldn't do the same thing. So, you know, I think if you're out there just dating, you want to be aware of that so you are not put in a compromising position. But that incident really, you know, it kind of brought me back to, what am I doing? And the core of that incident was that I had an unresolved issue with my date that I was unable to articulate for whatever reason. So as I, I had more shots and more whistles blew and more arguments happened with the piano players at the piano bar, that already anger and frustration I had was festering. And nothing brings that out like, you know, a bunch of shots of Jaeger, right? So I, I was trying to learn to be a little bit better. Unfortunately, history repeated itself a little bit uh, a couple years later. So I had just taken a job that I really didn't want. It was a really, really good opportunity. So I'll say that it was a good company, really good opportunity, really high pay. But you know when you seem to like have it all and you're just kind of like, but this isn't really what I'm looking for? It was that, right? I should have been super grateful. I had... Um, lost my job a few months before in that industry. So I should have been super grateful for a, a higher paying opportunity to come along. I really wasn't. I, I don't know what about it didn't make me happy, but whatever it was, I just, I wasn't feeling it, but I had to take the job, right? I mean, who would turn that down? I'd be an idiot. And, you know, I was still trying to date, still trying to have a, a normal relationship, which can be very hard when things are very stressful and with a travel schedule that I had from my previous job. And I, so I was doing online dating, which I absolutely love. I am still a huge proponent of it. I think it is the best way to meet somebody when you are an adult. So when you're not in like a college setting and maybe when you don't want to date someone that you work with, I think work relationships can get really, really messy and complicated really fast, even though I've done those too. <laughs> but that's how I, that's why I have the opinion I have. And, uh, so I had met someone who was from Northern California, which was an area that I was interested in, in going if things worked out. I had lived there before. And I was flying out on a Sunday morning at like six in the morning. It was the ticket that my company had purchased for me to fly to Michigan to go to training starting on Monday, a 6 a.m. flight on a Sunday out of Las Vegas for a single girl right? Do we see, do we sense the disaster coming now? <laughs> like the storm, like the clouds are rolling in. So I connect with this 
guy on um, the dating platform that I was using at the time. And he's coming to town actually for a conference. So he normally would not fly in until Sunday. He was going to fly in Saturday so we could go to dinner Saturday night. So we could at least connect before I left for a week and before his schedule got busier. So we could connect and see if maybe we wanted to get together again, which is a really great idea. You know, that's how it should go. So Saturday rolls around and, you know, I'm still kind of frustrated and pissed off that I have to leave at 6 a.m. because I would be anyway. You know, if you've taken a 6 a.m. flight, they're not fun. I end up uh, taking them sometimes still from the West Coast when I go back to the East Coast. And, you know, even when I'm going to something fun, they're still kind of sucky. You know, I the whole day before, I feel like it's just ruined because all I think about is that I have to wake up at 4 to leave my house at 4.30. Um, but that's okay. You know, whatever. So instead of spending my day, you know, packing my stuff, getting things in order, I'm doing a little bit of stuff, but I'm not looking forward to my trip. I'm not looking forward to the training opportunity. And maybe even at that time, I'm not really taking it very seriously either, you know, um, because I'm not prepared. I'm not spending, you know, a day or two packing my stuff, getting ready, getting enough rest, etc. All the things you should do when you're starting a new job to be focused. But he and I have dinner plans, and we were going to a, a restaurant in a casino here, and that was fine. We had spoken on the phone. It was a lovely conversation. He had a really good sense of humor, really witty, um, really sharp, which I like, smart humor. And uh, so we meet for dinner, and he's just as expected. Looks like his photo, sounds like our phone conversation. But what I realized in the course of the dinner was that that very sharp sense of humor doesn't quit. It's like that person who is always going at a million miles an hour and there's no break. So people do that, I think, for a variety of reasons. When they're, especially when it's humor, it can be that they're, you know, they're kind of uncomfortable or insecure, unsure of themselves. Um, it's usually to mask actually having a, a deep, normal conversation. So we're eating dinner and I'm trying to have a normal conversation, you know, talking about this training that's coming up and he's asking me some questions, but like everything has a, a crack response. Everything is like a joke. There's no like just normal, like, Hey, it's really great to meet you. Let's have a glass of wine. It's that very amped up, like high energy humor the whole time. So by halfway through dinner, you know, and I'm chowing down, I'd like to eat on my dates. So that's cool. And I've had a cocktail. I'm like, all right, this, like, I can't, I just can't like already I'm tired. I'm getting tired. I'm thinking I have to wake up at four in the morning, but I'm trying to have a life here. And this company is like getting in the way of that. You know, I was very protective of my own time which I had plenty of when I was unemployed. So you think I would like think back to that, right? Guess not. Um, but, you know, so I, again, I have a lot of internal emotions that have very little to do with this date that are festering. And here I am knocking back the cocktails. Okay, like I'll have one, I'll have two. I'm eating, so that should be fine. And I drove there too. So I, I just want to side note that I did drive to, um, to the hotel. And, you know, I need to make sure that I am in fine condition to drive back, right? So I keep eating and the humor just doesn't stop. You know, I'm trying to have, like, to get to know him because I know my time is limited. 
I want to make an assessment of whether I want to go out with them again. And I really, I'm looking for an actual relationship. I'm not looking for some jokester who doesn't take things seriously. You know, you don't need to be a dud, but like, again, now we're a little bit too much in the other direction. Like Dallas disaster, the guy like barely had a pulse. Now we're too much like the guy is like too much. I need some more balance, right? So I found my balance in cocktails that night again. <laughs> because logically, what else is a girl to do, right? What else would someone who has to be up at 4 o'clock still has to pack and is going to a work training so you cannot miss the flight? It's not just like you're going to see your friends. You miss it, you just get on another one. Work training, cannot miss it. Of course, I'm going to start having some cocktails. So I have a few drinks at dinner. We do a couple shots after dinner and we go downstairs into the casino and we're sitting at one of the bars and I remember I excused myself to go to the restroom, which was right there. And I was actually um, going to sit down to pee and I leaned forward and banged my head on the door pretty hard. And I remember thinking, oh, probably no more drinks because now you know, I'm banging my head on bath public bathroom doors, which I mean, it can happen, right? It's I'm sure it happens on a normal day. But it's pretty hard to nearly knock yourself out from that, right? I mean, it almost like threw me back. I hit it so hard. So I go back out to the bar and we're talking and I might have had one more shot there because of course, we're at the bar. What am I going to do? Right? And still, this my date with the humor is not calming down. And so instead of just being like, okay, I have to go because again, now it's like midnight and I have to wake up at four. I just need to go. <laughs> no, let's just stay. Let's just, you know, kind of just keep going with this, this mess. And, you know, and I'll say too, there was nothing wrong with my date. He was lovely. He was smart. He was accomplished. He was good looking. There was nothing wrong with him. It was just that, that the personality of the lead with the humor and not let up was just a little bit too much for me. Now, on a normal day, when maybe I didn't have 800 other things on my mind that were bothering me about my own life, I might have just said, you know, I'd really like to get to know you. And it's kind of hard when you keep cracking jokes. Like, you know, I mean, humor's good. I like humor. But you can't really get to know somebody. And I do think when you're dating, especially a first date, that's when you're really getting to know someone. You're not getting to know everything, but you want to get to know a little bit about them so you can see if there's any potential there. Otherwise, why go on the date? So, you know, after that other shot, we end up going um, down the street. Honestly, I don't even, I guess we walked. Maybe we took a cab. I'm not sure. I know it wasn't far. We could have walked it. And we end up at his, the hotel where he's staying for the night at the bar in that hotel, which to me makes total sense. Like, I, you know, I'm fine. I don't feel like this is weird. And we're sitting at the bar and he is talking to the person on his left and I'm sitting on his right. And I'm like, huh. So now again, tanked up on Tuwaka, Jaeger, and Stolian Tonic. Okay. <laughs> Exhausted and angry that I have to go on this crappy flight ridiculously early for a job that I don't even want and it's cutting into my social life, right? <laughs> so he's talking to the person on the left and I kind of peer over and I see blonde hair and like a, a teal tank top. And I'm like, hmm. So I decide he's talking to another girl, like what the fuck's going on here? So instead of saying anything, I take my purse, I 
stumble outside in my stilettos and I go out to the street to hail a cab to go back to, I guess, get my car, which was not, that's not what I should have been doing, um, to go home to get ready to leave. And for some reason on this particular night, I, probably because it, like now at, the, at this point, it's like two o'clock in the morning, um, it, on that cross street, there were not cabs. I don't know. I don't know if I just walked out there at the time where the lights are set differently and so there isn't traffic coming by. I have no idea. It was weird though, right? So I, I go back in and he saw me come back in the door. He thought I had just gone to the restroom. And he said, you know, did you go outside? And I said, yeah, you know, I'm leaving. And he's like, why are you leaving? And I said, are you enjoying that conversation you're having with that blonde girl next to you? And he, he looked at me and he looked over his shoulder at the person next to him and looked back at me and he said, are you kidding? And I said, yeah, you know what? That's really rude. We're on a date. Like what the fuck is going on here? So now kind of um, the street in me is coming out. I don't have much. I do have a little, but it's coming out now. And he started to laugh and he was like, Amy, that's, a you mean the man? That's what he said. He said, you mean the man sitting next to me? And I'm like, that's fucking not a man. Like, you're, you think I'm stupid? He's like, look. And so I peer around. Sure enough, it was freaking like a David Lee Roth type with long blonde hair. You know the type. Long blonde hair, blonder than mine. And mine was pretty blonde. And a tank top. And it's a man. And I'm like, oh no, shit. Because now what do I do? Like now I'm an asshole, right? But I mean, I, I was kind of going in that direction anyway, <laughs> the whole night, let's face it. So, okay, no problem. He laughs it off and he's like, okay, but I probably think like, this is probably enough drinks. Like, because now what I think has started to happen is he has kind of come down a notch because he's getting tired he probably had as many drinks as I did, maybe one or two actually less, but he's also bigger than me. So it, you know, you process it differently. And we go up to his hotel room, which again, I'm totally fine with this. I, again, I, you're an adult, make smart decisions. Now I'm also not going to advocate for having so many drinks and then making decisions like that because that can put you in a really bad spot. It, it can invite trouble and a problem where you shouldn't have one. Um, fortunately for me, this date of mine was completely above board and I, it was okay. You know, you never know that though until something bad happens, but this turned out okay. So I, I was very lucky and very grateful because you don't know when you're just on a date with somebody, but I find myself at, you know, his hotel back in the room. And I remember, you know, I lay down on the bed and I'm just, I'm tired now. Like now I'm exhausted. I'm drunk. I'm tired. I'm still frustrated. And I just keep thinking I can't go to sleep because if I go to sleep, I'm going to sleep until one o'clock in the afternoon and miss my flight and lose my job. Because this was the kind of company, you know, some companies are a little forgiving when stuff happens. This company was not. I took, you know, 30 minutes to answer an email when I wasn't even working for them. And, you know, the recruiter was calling me that they were going to hire somebody else because I was too slow to answer emails. Like it was kind of like that weird shit, right? Which again, red flag. I should have paid attention to that, but that's okay. I needed a paycheck. Um, and the people were lovely. My coworkers there were really great and the management team. But, uh, you know, and he's now, my date is trying to have a normal conversation with me. 
And it's honestly, that ship has sailed, dude. Like if we were going to do that, we needed to do that at like 8.30 before I started drinking and got exhausted. So as he's trying to like have more of a deep conversation with me, because now he's kind of brought his, his tone down a bit. He's kind of more balanced. I have to throw up. So here I am, hotel room with a good looking guy that I'm on a first date with, throwing up in the bathroom. I mean, okay. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have been there. <laughs> Maybe not all of you, but, uh, you know, it's reminiscent of that previous date, which was, you know, two or three years earlier where I, you know, Jaeger whistles thrown out, punched him, you know? So, okay. So now I'm like, oh no, this is kind of repeating itself. And this is not really the message I want to send. But at this point, I, I mean, I can't do anything about it. I'm mad about my job. So now, again, all these emotions are starting to bubble up. And, you know, he wants me to stay. And under normal circumstances, if I did not have to go home and then catch a flight, I certainly would have. That would have been fine. But, no, I've got to get going because I still have to fucking pack. I haven't even packed for this trip for a week yet which is, you know, again, completely unprepared. If someone has a flight at 4 a.m., it's now like 2.45. If you have to leave your house at 4.30, this is not good. So now I'm going into like panic mode. I'm drunk. I'm tired and I'm frustrated. And then I'm kind of annoyed that he spent most of the night being douchey in a, a, a funny sort of way, not in a, a necessarily bad way, but it took away my opportunity to get to know him. And now I've ruined that opportunity because I've gotten completely wasted again and thrown up in his bathroom at his hotel. So that's not a good first impression. So, you know, we have a discussion. I'm like, no, I need to go. And I'm starting to get really annoyed. And he's like, you know, what's the matter? Why are you getting so irritated? I'm like, because I don't want to go. And I have this flight. So I just unleash about the job. I don't want to take it. It cuts into what I'm trying to do, this flight. So now I'm a crazy drunk girl still in my, you know, party wear, which is good. Um, but smeared face because you cannot throw up when you're drunk and come out of it looking hot. It's impossible. If you've been there, you know, it is again, that more Courtney Love look, no offense, Courtney Love. She, you know, her early days, let me say it that way. And now I'm yelling about, of course, yelling, right? That's my thing about this flight and this job and, and these issues. So he's like, you know, Amy, I don't, I don't know what you want me to do. I don't know. I mean, and I don't know what I wanted him to do. I wanted just to not be in the situation. That was it. And nobody can take me out of it. I couldn't even really take me out of it at that point. Honestly, I was, I was in. And I remember getting really mad and I was going to, I was walking out of his room. And as I walked out, you know, he was going to walk me down. I'm like, no, just fucking stay here. You know, because now I'm making a point. I'm, I'm making a stand that I'm pissed. And I step on the, the hotel bill because he was staying there only one night and then was moving over to where they were going to have their sales meetings. And I step on the hotel bill and I pick it up and I'm like, and here's your room bill. And I throw it at him because now, of course, I'm mad at him, right? Because he is the source of all my problems. He is the reason I'm wasted. Now it's three o'clock in the morning. Now I haven't packed. I still have to get back to my car. I still have to find a way to get home, do all that stuff and leave for the airport at 430. This is a mess. And I'm going to tell you guys, if you ever think 
uh, this situation might happen to you, stay home that night. If you ever have an early flight for work that you cannot miss or change, do not go out on a date the night before. Don't do it. Don't do it. Say, learn from my mistakes here, okay? So I throw the paper at him. And you know, if you have thrown paper that is not crumbled up, it's a paper, you know, full. it was, I don't even think it was folded in half. I think they just, it was the sheet, you know, how they slide it under your door. <clears throat> and I just threw it. And so, you know, it didn't go anywhere. It, it just like stayed there and like fluttered to the ground. And I stormed out by myself. I have to go now down to the street to get a cab. And I'm only going like two blocks, but I'm not going to walk alone at now three o'clock in the morning. And as the universe would have it with energy attracting energy, I had the crappiest cab driver ever. I had a guy who was probably as pissed as I was, <laughs> not drunk though, hopefully, but as angry as I was and just like down on, like mad at the world. And so I spent the 10 minutes that I'm in the cab with him because, you know, till we go around the block and turn and drop me off at valet, et cetera. Um, trying to refocus him when I really should have been trying to refocus myself. So I do make it home under circumstances that I should not have, which me meant I did drive home. I called my mom. I'm like, I need, you know, I need to have you on the phone. I shouldn't be driving. I had to get my car home because if I didn't, it was going to stay in valet for a week. And so not smart. So again, like drinking leads to bad decisions try not to do it. I have never done that again. So luckily I made it home safely. It's now 3.45 and I have to leave at 4.30 and I have not packed. I have not gotten anything ready. Um, I'm throwing shit in a suitcase and I'm out the door. I, I don't even shower. I don't even wash my face. I throw my stuff in a bag, put on a tracksuit, get to the airport as my flight is boarding. So I'm still able to get on my flight. I have a middle seat, of course, because of course, a 6 a.m. fucking flight on a Sunday, let's give you a middle seat. And I sat down and I just started to cry. I had my sunglasses on and I just was, I cried. I was stuck between two people, two guys who were stinkier than I was. <laughs> Like I thought I was pretty bad because again, thrown up at somebody's hotel room, had been drinking all night, didn't shower since, you know, like seven o'clock the night before and, you know, racing to the airport. I was just a complete wreck. And honestly, as I'm thinking about it, it makes like my head and my body hurt. It was everyone, most of you probably know what that feels like. You're on no sleep, you're hungover and you still have to do stuff. It is a really bad feeling. And I just started to cry because I thought, oh my God, I'm stuck. I stink and I'm stuck between these two fucks that stink even more. And I don't want to be here. And I laugh because, you know, I got to my hotel. Um, I, of course, never heard from the guy again, which I cannot blame him. I wouldn't have heard. I wouldn't have reached out to me either. <laughs> um, but, you know, it was another takeaway. And it really took me another lesson like that to really learn that I have to be a better communicator with what's actually going on. And I have to recognize that there are things that sometimes I can't control. I didn't want the job. I had to take it. I resented being in that position, I think, instead of being able to see the opportunity that it was. 
So it really helped me to learn to shift that perspective. And when you're single and you do stuff like that, you behave like I was behaving, especially when you live in a city like I live in, you're never going to get anywhere. You know, I wasn't having the kind of relationship that I wanted to have. I wasn't finding that person because I was doing dumb shit like that. And that time was really my wake up call. That time became where, you know, I understood the importance of a relationship, how much I wanted it, and that I couldn't continue with the bullshit antics because someone decent that I want to have a relationship with is not going to want to have a relationship with that person. So I did really learn that, which was awesome. I mean, it was at the expense of some other relationships that could have happened, but okay, that's fine. But that also kind of prepared me for when I would encounter, you know, in these cases, I've been the asshole. But I've also been out with the asshole. And these incidents have kind of, the perspective it gave me really helped me to, to manage those things better. And there was actually someone else that I was dating. I called him Tortilla because uh, when I was dating more than one guy at once, which would happen often, I would have nicknames for each one. So when I would be talking to my girlfriends, it wouldn't be like, oh, Mike, because I mean, at one time there were two mics. There was a surgeon Mike and there was a broker Mike. You know, you have to differentiate. So I would title them with what their job is. You know, in one of my earlier podcasts, I talk about the professor. Like I have names for these people to help me. And this guy was Tortilla. Uh, I called Tortilla that because he was CFO of a tortilla factory. So I mean, logically, right? Like that makes sense. That's easy. Even though his name was unique and, you know, I hadn't dated someone with that name before. I called him Tortilla. Still do to this day. Again, not to his face. <laughs> but... Um, that was how I, that was his nickname when I was referencing him with my friends. <clears throat> and, you know, he was lovely. He was Canadian. So for my Canadian listeners out there, shout out to you guys for being super friendly, really easygoing, polite. You have a lot of traits that Americans don't necessarily have, which is cool. And, you know, I, I met him online. We went on a date. We, and we had a really great time. We really connected. He was really funny, but in a very genuine way, very easygoing. It was a really, really enjoyable date. It was fun. I got to know him and I wanted to see him again. You know, we had a really nice connection. So we did start dating and he really, um, he was looking for a partner too. So it was, it was a nice relationship. It wasn't super serious. But it was still, you know, on weekends, we would go out, we would see each other during the week, we would go to lunch during the day. And, you know, I had a different schedule than he did because of being a sales rep. For those of you that are reps, you know, you kind of make your own schedule. And it's different than when you work in an office. And even when you're CFO, you still have meetings and you, you're just not, it's not free reign. You know, you still have guidelines and, and schedules and stuff where I really didn't have too much of it. So we would meet for lunch and stuff like that. And it, it would be fun. It was great. You know, we'd go to dinner. I'd go to his house. He'd come to mine. He had dogs. I loved them. He had cats. He loved my cats. So it was nice. You know, it was, he had a lot of what I was looking for. And we were out one night at a wine bar here in town. And he had been out to happy hour with some of his coworkers, which was fine. I was not. I drove to his house, met him there. 
we took a cab to the to the wine bar. So by the time I get to his house, he's having another cocktail and he's already kind of drunk. But all right, I mean, you know, you were at happy hour, whatever. I, I wouldn't want somebody telling me not to have fun. And it's fine. You know, you're home. You didn't drive. It's harmless. We're going out. We're going to take a cab. It's cool. So we get to the wine bar and we're having drinks and and we're eating a little bit and we're standing at the bar and he is, um, I think he's getting ready to close out the check. Like we're getting ready to like wind it down and he starts to teeter and like wobble. So this is something I'm super familiar with because when I'm out at night, I really like to wear four inch stilettos, which make me very tall also, which I like, but you know, for my stiletto wearers out there, when you are wearing them and you've had a few cocktails, you do often end up teetering on your stilettos, right? So I, I, I notice teetering and wobbling in other people. <laughs> I can identify it quickly and easily because I spent a good bit of my social time doing it too with my drink in hand, you know, trying not to wipe out. Cool. And I said to him, you know, I think probably we should get another tray of what we it's just like cheese and grapes and you know it's it's wine stuff it's not we're not eating a sandwich or anything but the wine bar did have some more robust offerings when it came to food so i said you know i think maybe we should order something else because you know you're kind of wobbly and food will help you and he's like no no he's, it's fine and i'm like no but i really because you know he's like holding on to the side of the bar now right so now we're really wobbling and I'm like, no, but I think, you know, we should get like, let's get the food list. And I'm being completely calm because I probably have had two glasses of wine. I feel good. I've still got all my wits about me. So again, I'm learning my lessons, right? I'm not getting totally tanked. Having a drink or two, having some nice, you know, charcuterie and, and, and relaxing. And so I'm like, no, you know, I, I think the food would help because now, you know, I have concerns. I, I, I'm dating him. I'm not just on a date, but he's clearly had a lot to drink. The food is a better idea right now. No, no, you know, I don't want to, I don't want anything. And so I'm asking for the menu again and he's closing out the check and now he's getting pissed. No, I don't want anything. I don't need anything. I'm fine. I'm not going to eat. This is, and he's like, you know, Again, almost like maybe a mirror of myself. It kind of took me back to things I probably have done. Kind of like like flicking the the grapes away, like you know, I'm fine. You don't know what you're talking about. We're just going to go. So I'm like, "Oh, all right." So you know, I finish eating. And I think, you know, we'll take a cab home. My car is there. Uh, I had my snack. I will just go get something else to eat because I'm getting kind of hungry myself. I'll go get something else to eat and then we'll, you know, I'll just go home. No big deal. And he can just go to sleep. It's fine. So as we're walking out, we, we get out of the wine bar and we're on the stairs. You have to go up like two sets of very grand stairs to get back up into the casino. And on these stairs, he is, I think, like maybe slightly ahead of me or I might be ahead of him. I don't know. We're not on the same stair though. And he starts yelling at me and yelling at me about him eating and what do I know? And he doesn't want to eat. So now he's, he's trying to engage in an argument about food. Now I can respect this guys because I'm sure I have been there myself. Maybe a lot of us have who have had too many cocktails and we argue about unreasonable stuff. I have a lot of dating disasters where I argue about unreasonable stuff. Okay, so this is not, you know, I, 
I'm, I'm struggling not to laugh in his face because it's kind of funny, you know? I mean, again, I've done this. It's ridiculous. Like it's, it's relatively harmless other than it's embarrassing, but I'm not taking him seriously. I don't really care. I just want him to get up the stairs so we can go get the cab and we can go back so he can be home and I can leave and go, you know, on my way. And he just will not budge. And he is just yelling about food and whatever. So for a minute of this, it's cool because the because it's such a grand double set of stairs, people don't come down there unless they're going to the wine bar. So you don't have a ton of traffic. Um, so, okay, whatever. Like, I'm just going to keep going up the stairs and either you're going to come with me or not, but I have my car keys. So if you stay here... It's cool because I'll just take a cab to your house and I'll take my car and leave. I'm not that worried about it. You know, I'm not stranded. I'm not stuck. He's either going to like just stop yelling and, and move along or not. And so he starts coming up the stairs. And as he's doing that, still yelling and waving his finger, like, you know, and again, it's, it's I, I kind of laugh now because it's totally shit I've done. There are some people coming down to the wine bar and they're like looking at him and they're looking at me. And I'm like, I don't know, lots of drinks. And I just kind of laugh and they're kind of like, hmm, weird. Like, yeah, it's, he's cool. He's fine. So he finally, you know, continues up the stairs and he's still yelling. He catches up to me at the top of the stairs. And now he's still pissed, but quieter, which is good. And, you know, I'm just walking out toward the exit and he's still going on. And I'm like, oh, you know, we're just going to take a cab back. We're going to go back to your house. I'm just going to leave. No big deal. Like, you know, it's not affecting me. I'm, I'm really, I don't feel anything either way. It's kind of funny, but I don't really care. I just, like, the night's over. You know, I just want to go home. I don't have a feeling about it either way. It's, I'm ridiculous too, so who cares? So we get back to the house. He's pissed off in the cab, and the cab driver's like, why are you mad? And I start laughing, which is probably not the thing to do when someone's pissed. And I'm like, he's mad because I wanted him to eat something. So the cab driver and I are laughing. He's getting madder because now he's drunk and mad already and being laughed at by a stranger and his girlfriend. And we get back to his house and we get inside and he wants to make another drink. And I'm like, okay, but I think you've had enough to drink. So I'm just going to go ahead and go, you know, because you're kind of ridiculous. And like, now I've hit my limit. Like you're ridiculous. Just go to bed. It's right now. It's not a big deal. Don't make it a big deal. And he just continues on, you know, and I'm like, okay, so I'm just going to go. <laughs> So I, you know, I, I actually, I think um, some of my stuff might've been at his house. I think initially probably I was going to stay over. So I had my overnight bag. So I take my bag and I go to get in my car and I'm sitting in my car for a minute outside of his house, sending text messages or something, you know, maybe to see where my girlfriends were or whatever. So a few minutes passes and not many, like maybe 10 minutes. Right. And then I see a cab pull up to his house. And I'm like, hold the fuck on here. What is going on? Like this dude needs to go to bed. So I get out of the car and while the cab is waiting outside, I go ring the doorbell and I'm like, your cab's here. And he's like, oh, oh, you know, like stunned now that I'm like, cause he thought I left. The jackass was just gonna get in a cab and go back out and keep drinking. When already he was a complete disaster. So, I mean, okay, you know, you're an adult, you're going to do what you're going to do, but I really think that that's a bad idea. I'm not saying it's not something I wouldn't have done. I might have. So he, you know, sends the cab away. I agree to stay and make sure that, you know, he, he gets to bed. No problem. 
Like, you know, I was going to stay over anyway. It's fine. Again, still harmless, kind of ridiculous, but harmless, right? So he eventually passes out and I go to sleep. And the next day I take him back before I leave to, actually we were going to lunch. We had plans to go to lunch. I take him back to his car to pick it up because he had left it the night before, which was the smart and responsible thing to do, of course. But when we're in my car and I'm driving, I'm like, well, we need to talk about yesterday because you were kind of ridiculous and I was really trying to help. And he really didn't think anything was wrong with his behavior. He was like, no, there was, what do you mean yesterday? There was no problem. Like I just wasn't hungry. And, you know, and I was like, yeah, but you were yelling, you know, which he didn't really remember. And I'm like, you were kind of ridiculous. It was super embarrassing. And I mean, Honestly, here I am pointing this out when I've had my share of embarrassment. So, I mean, I guess I know what it looks like, right? So I am kind of an authority on it. And, uh, you know, we talk about it and he just really didn't see that there was anything wrong with it. And he actually brought up an incident between us that had happened maybe a month or two before where I was the ridiculous one and used that as his point of reference. So, I mean, you know, I can't really argue with it. Because that night we were at another casino. There is a, um, a Journey cover band that I loved. And I would often, I, I really love the cover band. I don't know. It makes me feel like I'm 21 again. But uh, we were at one of the casinos, you know, to watch them. It was a pretty big show. So, of course, I'm out. We're staying at the hotel so I don't have to worry about stuff. I have a bunch of cocktails because I want to dance and have fun. And... Unfortunately for me, that also tends to bring on a level of ridiculousness that I normally don't have in everyday life. And I apparently started an argument with him about, again, talking to some girl who he did talk to, but it was like, excuse me, as he passed by her. It wasn't like a conversation. So there was eye contact or he said something, but Again, here I was like making a case that that's not okay. Like, what are you doing? Like, again, a weirdo who's off the rails after drinks. So the next morning at the hotel, when he tells me about this, I was like, I didn't do that, did I? I didn't say that. Like, I insisted that, no, he must be mistaken. And no, he wasn't. Because in that case, he was the one who only had one or two drinks. And I was the one that had really overdone it. So the conversation got to come full circle on this day when I was taking him to his car. And he said, well, I mean, you know, you did it when we were out with the cover band, you were ridiculous. And, and, you know, I just kind of kept you out of trouble and explained it to you. And it was kind of in that moment, you know, I couldn't argue then because yeah, I mean, yeah, he was right. And there's nothing worse than when you think you have a point and a really strong stance and then somebody brings your own shit back up to you and you're like, oh, fuck, right. <sighs> you know, so here I was. But in that moment, what I recognized was that I was not a good fit for somebody who would do the same ridiculous stuff that I would. You know, I, I do get ridiculous. As time has gone on, I have gotten significantly less ridiculous. When you're in a relationship, it's you know, it's a little bit easier to not be ridiculous because you have somebody kind of watching out for you a little bit more as opposed to just when you're on a date or just out casually with your friends having fun. You have somebody to rein you in a little. And I just thought of Tortilla. I thought, you know, again, nothing bad about him. Really liked him as a human. We got along great. But, you know, I don't want to be in the babysitting role. 
I don't want to be in the role of being like, okay, so don't be ridiculous because I'm trying so hard myself not to be completely nuts, you know? And it, it's hard enough for me to stay in my lane. I can't really worry about somebody else. I need somebody else who has their life together a little bit more than I do in that regard. And, you know, it was after that that the relationship kind of like just sort of died down for no real reason. You know, once in a while I would get an email from him, but, um, or a text message, but you know, he was a really good person, but he had some of the, a lot of the same tendencies that I did. In those moments though, I had really learned to identify and it helped me really make sense of what I was really looking for. I could have stayed in that relationship and then it would have just been a hamster wheel of a bunch of one of us getting too drunk and being stupid. And then what happens when both of you are that drunk? Like what happens then? That's how real problems occur. So him doing that and me being able to be the one that was like, okay, he's just ridiculous. We'll just, this is like, let's just go home. Really kind of put a mirror to me to see my own actions and what it was like on the other side. Because to be really honest, I spent very little time on that side. I spent more time on the off the rails end. That's where I enjoyed being. <laughs> that just, apparently it just came naturally to me. It was, you know, I'm just having fun. It just went a little too far. So I really, I really did learn uh, from that experience with him, you know, to see someone else that ridiculous that maybe I do need to kind of reel myself in a little bit more. After that, I had done really a much, much better job, but I still kind of laugh, especially when the taxi cab pulled up and he was just going to go right back out because he thought I had left. And I guess I was kind of the buzzkill that was going to tell him to stay home and go to bed, right? But even in online dating, you know, I was, I met him on a website that matches you with somebody. And some of you may use that site. You still have to have a clear sense of what you really want in the big picture and who you really are. And life is part of that journey. Life is, is, is trying things and figuring out what works and what doesn't. But as you figure out those things, you have to remember them and you have to, you know, keep them close to you. Every experience we have with someone else in a relationship or just dating or even a coworker or a parent or you know a friend teaches us something. It shows us something about who we are and teaches us something about the kind of life we really wanna have and the kind of relationship we want. So you have to pay attention to those things and you have to take that lesson when you're ready and start applying it as you move forward. And like you've noticed, if you listen to my other episodes, sometimes you repeat the lesson. I mean, you know, me being drunken off the rails, that didn't happen just once. It happened less and less and was less and less ridiculous each time because I was learning. And now, I mean, I can't say it's not going to happen again. I don't know. I mean, I don't go to the piano bar and do, you know, a couple shots of Jaeger anymore on a regular basis. So I don't really know what would happen. I, you know, I can't say. But I do know that I've developed more of a stronger sense of the direction I want to go in and what's going to get me there. So when you're online dating or even dating or in a relationship, you have to be clear about who you are and what you want. Because these little things, you know, that relationship, there was nothing wrong with it except I saw something in him that I didn't really love in myself and I didn't want to be part of that. And so I moved on to find something else. So pay attention and listen to yourself and, you know, we do have to accept people just like we want to be accepted. You know, we're not perfect. 
I mean, gosh, you know, I think about what people say about me from the experiences I've had. I don't want to be judged. You know, it's, it's kind of funny now where it's kind of like, oh, no, but it's, you know, nobody's perfect and we need to be accepted for who we are and we need to accept the people that we date for who they are because no one's perfect. But you also have to have a clear understanding of what you're willing to accept and not. And that's totally fine. I mean, again, I built an entire business around helping people figure out who they are, staying true to it, and using it as they get out there and date. So you definitely want to swing by onlinedatingresults.com and download my seven best tips for online dating. And you know, these episodes, we're now getting into the holiday season. And there will be some very special stuff going on at onlinedatingresults.com for the holiday. So make sure you tune in um, for that too and through the new year. And this is a time where we kind of recognize that if we don't have a date or we're not dating someone, it's kind of helpful to have a date. So get those seven tips to really set yourself up to make the best choices on your dates and with your dates that you can. You know, if you're looking to use online dating to help you get dates for the holiday, cool. Get those seven tips. They will change everything about the way you date. But really just learn the lessons. You know, we laugh now because it's ridiculous. But in these two instances, it cost somebody the opportunity for an actual meaningful relationship. I mean, it's funny. Was any harm done? No, thank goodness. But an opportunity was missed. And things were made, you know, that, that ridiculousness isn't an easy thing. It doesn't feel good the next day. So it made things a little bit harder. So... Again, watch how much you drink, learn from my mistakes, <laughs> go to online dating results and download my seven best tips for online dating, put them into practice. They are super easy to implement, super easy. So go get them. They are completely free and really, you know, learn the lessons and, and, and move forward because you're going to be doomed to repeat it until you learn the lesson. So be quicker at learning the lesson. And remember, this whole entire podcast is the living example that dating isn't always great. But you want to stick with it. It's the only way to find a partner. That's the rub of it, right? There's no other way to do it but dating. So do it properly. Get those free tips, onlinedatingresults.com. Go over there right now. And stay tuned for some new episodes. It was just amazing to yet again share some, some of my experiences with you. So hopefully you won't make the same mistakes. I'm Amy Helt, and this was the Dating Disasters Podcast. See you next time.